Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Two Catholic Dudes, and my name is Ryan Klaus. My name is Danny Cleary. As always, we're not priests, we're not theologians, we're just two Catholic dudes, and we're talking about our faith. And today, uh, we got a little bit of a different episode. I feel like I say that every time, because every episode <laughs> is different. But we, uh, we're trying... We're going to stress that we're not theologians in this episode. True. Very much so. But also, we are not experts we're not experts but we're gonna attempt to be yes we're talking about uh what is it what is the name that you can that you liked bells and smells i got that from my pastor he he keeps saying that recently uh he's like you know because we've had a lot of funerals and when you have funerals you get people that uh, don't normally come to church and he's like i know we got weird customs we're a church of bells and smells and everyone chuckles a little bit because we have our customs we have our liturgical elements we have incense we got we ring the bells we got all the things and everything has a name for it and everyone's like what why why do you have all these weird names and what are they and what you know anyway so we thought we could break down some of those liturgical elements, the names, sure. the, the, the items that we use that you might know about, you might not know about, you might be confused about certain things. I probably won't know some of these on this list, or at least the where they came from, the etymology of them. The etymology, so how they came up with their name. Sometimes it's less exciting than you might think, <laughs> oftentimes. <laughs> Wonderful. But like, so this is more of a teaching episode, and we were a little reserved about it because we're not experts, you know what I mean? Like, we haven't like studied our entire life on the historical uh, cons- uh, the, the, the Items, the, uh, places, yeah. the... Uh, all the the bells and smells. The bells and smells. The context of where all these things came from. We didn't. We haven't studied our whole lives, but we have been in the church our whole lives. We've seen these. We've encountered them. And I've led a lot of church tours for confirmation, where I had a sheet that told me what all these things were. Well, and that's just it. You probably know way more than the average churchgoer does. Sure. I. You know, we sometimes we undervalue ourselves. We undervalue what we think we know. And we're afraid to speak out and teach somebody else. I remember when I first, somebody asked me when I was like 19 years old, if I could teach them guitar, they were like 14 or 15 at the time. I said, I don't know enough to teach you guitar. I can't do that. And they, they insisted. And I, and I finally gave in and I did start giving them lessons. I charged like $15 an hour. It was very low rate. I, so I seriously undervalued myself. Was I great? Absolutely not. It was, but I, but I think they did get some value from those lessons, especially based on the price point, right? But what happened was I learned so much from those lessons. When you teach, you learn way more. Because, yeah, I agree with that. Because you have to understand the concept to be able to put it into words. You have to totally. understand what you're talking about. You can't just like wing it, which what that's what we're doing today. No, I'm just kidding. We but we did some no, research. No, we did look, research. Look. We got papers. Uh, I'm probably going to do this too much. Do the newscast, the newscaster. newscaster stack. Yeah. Um, but so, don't be afraid to teach, even if it's something that you're you're still learning about. But when you teach it to somebody who might know less than you, you'll find that you grasp that concept tenfold. Yeah. Right. Totally. So, you know, it's it's everything's a little trickier though when we're talking about church because people are very sensitive about it and they're like well if you don't know don't talk about it uh yeah and you know what i would completely disagree with that 
uh, th- not that what you're saying is absolutely accurate, but I would agree, disagree with people that say that because I see a lot of the times at youth group confirmation classes, things like that, that people won't answer. Young people won't answer sometimes answers that they know because they're so afraid to be wrong. Yeah. And I think that that's such a bad, imagine if you never answered a question or you never tried to expand your knowledge because you were just too afraid to be wrong. We would never learn anything new. We right. would just be stagnant in, well, I know this, but I don't know anything about that, so I'm not even going to bother to learn or or ask because I don't want to. I don't want them to know I don't know. Exactly, dude. Think about think about all the weird knowledge holes that you have in your in your life, like things that at at 37 years old that I should know, but like maybe for some reason and I never learned. There was a whole episode on uh, how I met your mother on on this topic, where like they all had something that's like. You should know how to do this. Sure. I don't remember what it was in the episode, but it's just like common knowledge, worldly stuff. That's like for some reason it just it, it passed you by, right? And now you're you've gone so far that you're embarrassed. It's like um, a little kind of similar idea where you meet somebody, you exchange names, you forget their name because that's what happens, right? Yeah. Uh, but then you see this person every single day. But after two months. Of forgetting each other's names you've gone too far and you can't go back and be like what was your name again because like it's embarrassing yeah you said hey chief <laughs> so you just you just learn to live with that hole that knowledge hole yeah and, right that's a good point so there's probably a lot of those on this list of things that you see every sunday at mass and people are like what is that up there and you go that's the thing you're that's- 55 years old you're like i should know but i'm embarrassed so yeah. i don't want to speak out about it right yeah, so-, so this is us saying it's okay we're going to we're going to just run down this list mm-hmm. look at a lot of this on this list i didn't know before last night and i said it's okay that we did some research even the night before this podcast um, because I go, oh, I always knew that thing, and I had those two things switched in my mind, or I knew like 80% of what that thing was, but now just doing a little bit of research, I figured it out, and now we can pass that knowledge along to you, hopefully not in the wrong way. Let us know. Again, this is there's an asterisk on this episode. If we say anything wrong, uh, we're, we're trying to be open and teach you guys, but uh, throw it in the comments and, and let us know. Let us know the uh, the right way to pronounce that word, or the right etymology, or the right origin. Or if you know a fun historical fact about it that we didn't That's find right. on Google. E- exactly. You know, Wikipedia is great, but it's probably not all encompassing. So, uh, you know, we we have a huge. There's there. We just try to think of anything that uh, helps our liturgical. Uh, practice. So anything that that we use in the mass that's part of the church, that's uh, that we wear, that we do, that we hold, that we that we use at mass, we just try to think of things that have names that we could that we could talk about. And we have like we have some categories that we'll run through. We'll see how much we get through. You know, we wanted to do lists this year and do top ten, top five, top twenty countdowns, but we're gonna see how much we can get through, and then we'll go from there. So if this needs to be broken up into multi parts, we'll do it. Let's do it. Let's hit the list. Hit right. the list. So we're going to go, we're going to start when you walk into the church. Places. You know, the places in the church, the locations. Well, so top, in the church. group number one, places. Church church areas. Uh, uh, outside the church would just be called. The outside. Outside. <laughs> the parking lot. The patio. <laughs> the, some places have a, a, uh, a grotto. We have a grotto. At our church on the patio for the Blessed Mother. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Right, a lot, it's it's one of the most popular places in the church. Or some uh, churches will have like a stations of the. We have a stations of the cross, like an outdoor station. 
Put in the comments. We, I should have looked this up. Is it required that you have stations with the cross outside? Because every church I've been to, there are in some way, shape, or form, there's stations outside. Really? Yeah. Ours are relatively within the last ten years. But I thought there was always something. No. Um, it's, it it's was actually, like a, it was an Eagle Scout project, right? I think maybe. God bless those Eagle Scouts. Sometimes those projects are amazing. Sometimes you're like, oh well, but uh, but they do they do they they do I, great things for the church. I, I, some, overall. Yeah, I think that overall they're great, and I think that like where when you've had like a lot of Eagle Scouts at a church, I think that when you get to the point sometimes where like the Eagle Scouts will come, they'd be like, they did everything. And, and it's like I don't know what else you're gonna do, and they just like make stuff up. Be like, we'll put a rope swing, <laughs> and it's like we don't we just, don't need that, but it's hard to say no because they're trying to give back to the church. Be like, I don't need rope swing. <laughs> We you know what you could have. always do is, is repair pews. We always need pews repaired. But like for their Eagle Scout, it needs to be like a big thing. Yeah. So, but like go, great. It's great. <laughs> I was never, I never made it past Cub Scout, so I don't really know what it takes to be an Eagle Scout. I don't have that, uh, that experience. So. Right. I just know, I always laugh at that whenever my business manager, she's like, yeah, we got an Eagle Scout project. <laughs> there's something going on. And I'm like, cool. Great. <laughs> Moving so on. I don't think there's any uh, Latin, Greek, or uh, other for the outside names for the parking lot, but so we move in. We move the church itself. You know, you call it the church. Although the different churches are called different things, we'll get into that on another episode. Why um, technical term I think is building. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we structure. So we move into the church. What's the first area you usually encounter in the church? The vestibule. Yeah. Or the lobby. It's not if the. It, it's, if it was a movie theater. FYI, it's not the lounge. Not the lounge. It's not the lounge. Uh, but like a lobby is like where you prepare to go into the main area, like at a movie theater or like at a, uh, even like a convention hall. There's like right. a lobby. Yeah. And then there's like where the where the the substance is going to be. So like a vestibule, at least at, I, I'm only speaking to the churches that I've been to or attended. Most of the time I feel like at least, and at Holy Cross, the vestibule is like where signups are taken for boy scouts knights of columbus or usher's gonna hand out the bulletins the bulletins at the end the you got pamphlets and, and 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 put you put things on bulletin boards there yeah yeah it's just like the kind of like oh what else is going on before i like and, and i look at it the same way say i'm gonna use my movie theater analogy you're at the movie theater when you go to the movies there's the what's coming up next like coming soon there's those kind of things yeah. or you get your snacks you don't really have snacks at mass but you know what you do have what uh, you prepare to go into the movie theater by getting you know treats and stuff like that but we, yeah. we do have the the baptismal font holy you, water you, yeah whether the baptismal font's in the back or you, you there, have, there's holy both. water font yeah, holy water font that's right. what i meant so you can come and you can get you can get some holy water before we'll get to the those those parts of uh, the so it's like the prep zone yeah it's well it's where you prepare because you you walk into the church but you need to prepare before you walk into the main part which we're going to get to in a sec but um, yeah so all of those there's bathrooms usually there. <laughs> well yeah well and something that I think that uh, I had a bad habit of when I was like ushering uh-huh. a lot especially when I was younger. And uh, I think a lot of people have is people think that they go into the vestibule and they've just entered a different world and it's soundproof. And there's people that go in the vestibule and they're just like, maybe they're doing a fundraiser in between masses and they just like are going crazy because they don't think that they're in a different place. Right. That's why I said it's not the lounge. But yeah, it's not a place of, of hanging out because usually typically places will have like speakers that where you can hear what's going on in the mass and the mass is really only like five feet away usually so even when you're in the vestibule it's not really the time to be hanging out and well relax and all at, that at my current church it used to be a closed off 
room like like it is at your church and when they did the remodel they knocked out the walls and now that space is all part of the main church it is still like it's they considered a vestibule i guess but it's it's just all open interesting yeah so you gotta you can't be partying you can walk back there to like bring a crying kid back there or something but you're still very much in it right gotcha so you so vestibule pretty, pretty much everybody knows that right then you walk into the main church this is where some people get confused i think um, so do you know the term when you walk into the main part of the church where all the pews are? So the nave. The nave, right? Um, and I, get, I would get confused because I would, I would be like, oh, let's walk into the sanctuary, uh, thinking that the church, you know, that's places. the sanctuary. I thought it was the body of the church for a long time. Right. For some you can probably call it that, I guess, but the, the technical term is the nave and this this is cool because it i wrote i looked up as much as i could find the etymology uh the where it comes from is latin for ship like navy naval yeah that's probably i I guess where we get the word navy from right but ship you know we're all we're all in this on this ship together and we're that's this is why you know you get people upset about the the churches in the round and stuff because it doesn't represent a ship anymore but like and then and then you go and the helm is like the altar yeah where that's directing us to where we need to go, right? Right. That's cool. And this is why this is again why people get so mad about churches in the round, yeah. and we won't get on that right now. But because now it's no longer, it's not a boat anymore. It's not a boat. We're in like just a uh, we're in we're in one of those um, uh, those big tubes that you that you ride at like California Adventure down the water rides where it's it, it's, it it's goes from a ship <laughs> to a tube. <laughs> we're a tube and we're just <laughs> circles. <laughs> So yeah, that's a terrible. <laughs> so who's driving? Who's who's driving Who the tube? Drives the tube. It spins around and around. The water. Where's the drives the tube? Where's the metaphor there? So that's that's why everyone gets mad about that. But that's where the that's where it comes from. Is that we're we're all in this ship and we're and we're interesting being led together, right? Cool. So that's the nave, you guys. N a v e. It's not the sanctuary. It's not just the, the the main part of the church but it's the nave if you want to be correct about it all right so now you know nice now you know in the nave you got you got your pews i looked oh this is i put this on a spot yeah here we go pews you know you got all the the church jokes and memes about it star wars uh, yeah like the stormtroopers shooting out pews and it says pew pew yeah hilarious <laughs> uh or it's like if, what, uh, if you eat what was it if you eat a lot of beans before mass you get your own pew or something like that Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, but the etymology for that it was so most of the etymology of these words come from Latin mm-hmm. or Greek. Gotcha. Right, but this one actually comes from French, and it really it, it was derived it was derived from one thing and another and another, uh, and it comes from the French word pu pu and then we just said pew for English, but it really just means a bench. Really, it just means a bench cool <laughs> <laughs> it's a place to sit bench. you know but it, uh pew seems better than bench pew does sound better than bench right so you got your pews in your nave i'm gonna i'm gonna spice that up next time i'm teaching me like and these are the pews guys now these come from a really deep historical word can anyone tell me what they think pew means people are gonna be like place to sit before the lord and all this other stuff and be like it just means bench it's a bench in the church <laughs> Bench. Bench in the nave. All right. There's a bench in the nave. <laughs> Take your bench in the nave. That's funny. Uh, okay. And then I, I alluded to it earlier, you know, some people get it mixed up, but the sanctuary is the the main part where like the altar and the 
ambo and all that is yeah so the the sanctuary exactly it's it's the area surrounding the altar where mass is really celebrated yeah that area, everything's generally. directed towards the sanctuary yeah so you have the altar at the center the the, the pinnacle part of the sanctuary uh, but then you have the other liturgical main liturgical elements so the ambo which we'll talk about the presider's chairs or chair and the the uh, the uh, the deacon's chair, whatever else. They you always need. get the short end of the stick on the chairs. They get a little smaller chair <laughs> yeah. there. I, I didn't look it up. I wonder if there's is there a name for the the chairs. We call it presider's chair. The presider's chair. Yeah. Well, there's a, I oh, I didn't look it. I know there's a there's, there's a special name for the seat of the archbishop or the cardinal, uh, and and for the pope. There's, there's a name for the, that. like golden chair. Yeah, yeah, right. In. Yeah, sure. Um, this shows us, look, that we're trying to be vulnerable. Like, we don't have the answers, you guys. We don't know everything, but we're trying to teach some of what we know. We're going to get into some of the juicier stuff that you might have never known later, so stick with us. You're like, I know all this. They're like, they're like, move, move it along. Alter, great. We just, got it. You guys just hit watch on 2.5%. <laughs> We'd appreciate you watching all the way through. It helps the algorithms, but just put on two, per, two, two times speed. Okay, so you in the sanctuary, yeah. I mean, th- so that that's something to know. You know, it's it's the altar, everything surrounding. So the altar, uh, including uh, the cross, because you have to have you have to have a cross back there, a, a crucifix specifically. Yes, correct. Uh, and everything on the altar. I got in tr- I got yelled at recently about that because so we have a. Uh, we moved the uh, it, mass outside, right? Yeah. And obviously, we didn't take the statue of the crucified Christ off the wall way up there and move <laughs> it outside. Right. And, like, all we have is, like, our profe- uh, processional cross that, like, the altar server carries in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, but that's a crucifix on it. But for when, during daily mass uh, and some of the earlier masses where there was an altar server, like, the processional was just the deacon and the priest. And there wasn't the cross didn't come out, and I didn't like think about it because I was too busy doing other stuff. Right. And some guy came up and he was like, "According to the rubrics, you need to do this." And I was it, like, "To be a valid mass, you gotta like, you gotta bro. have that crucifix." But on the side of our parish hall, where it's in front of, there's a giant metal cross a foot away. So yeah, like, doesn't that count? I, I don't know. If, if, you're, if you're if, if it's in if it's in sight and then there, there's is obviously that is one thousand percent a thousand percent <laughs> in sight. I just thought it was interesting. He's like, you got to have that out here. I'm like, bro, if Monsignor didn't tell me, don't you think like he knows? And then I told Monsignor about it. He's like, it's technically a cross. Should have a cross, and the building has a cross on it. Right. I was like, so That's yeah, what there, I there's always exceptions, and so the yeah, other we're outside. The Give other thing, break. the other thing you need to have to make it a valid mass is candles lit on the altar. We do have that. But like, so on a really when windy day blows. when we're outside, you have to at least attempt. You know, but we, what we try to do, if we're attempting four times and they blow out, and we're in, and we we let them, we let we let the wind settle, and we try again, and they blow out. It's not going to happen. And we, the, the, God's not going to say, okay, you know, the candles it. aren't lit. The mass is, you know, null and void. Well, what we've been doing is like you get a really long holder and you like let the candle burn like halfway. Right. Because then it's not, it's when it's at the top that the wind gets it. But when it has like a longer holder, uh, it protects from the wind. So that's, that goes back to, you know, put in the effort because yeah. if you're, if you didn't, if you didn't plan for that, you're like, okay, we are doing masses outside, but you have the littlest candles with, with no protection from wind. Uh, you could have thought about that. And so grab sure. some candles that do protect from wind. And so you can actually have lit candles and you don't have to just be like, Oh yeah, we tried. Sorry, God, you know, make that effort. But yeah. in ca- cases where it just doesn't work, it doesn't work. And God's totally. not going to cancel your mass. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you got to try. You got to try. Okay, so um, do we, that's that's most of like the the church areas. Uh, no, no, no. But actually, no. We we got some more. We got some more. We got I, more. We're just talking. You you go. Too you, long. Well, the, the other thing I want to talk about the altar is usually typically a church will have like a relic of some kind 
of whatever uh you know saint or piece of the cross or something like that that like from whatever the namesake is and that usually goes like in the altar area Mm -hmm. in some of the really really huge cathedrals and so they literally have like the bodies of saints like buried underneath uh the altars and things like that i have no idea if my church has a relic i'm gonna find out that's like the first thing i've been thinking about it all day since we talked about it i'm gonna go figure it out because i want to know if we have one i'm sure we do yeah Um, not every church has one so i'm gonna be mad if we don't it's well then then you can uh I'm going to go on eBay. Can I find one? Maybe. (laughs) So Uh, if you guys don't know what a relic is, it's like literally like part of something, part of uh, uh, something holy, something, something holy, like usually a saint. Uh, But a lot of churches do have a piece of the true cross of Jesus Christ. Like I'm talking a little tiny sliver of the cross. But at this point, we might do an episode on that. I listened to a, a Catholic stuff. You should know about that. And there, there are so many little slivers of the true cross that it would end up being like, 76 full size crosses so there's obviously fakes out there which is unfortunate um yeah but uh but you might have like a little piece of a toenail of a saint you know in in your in your altar interesting or like a finger or something like that or the you know what i mean they're, they're like that that's what a relic is it's the it's, ring of a saint or something uh no it's got i think it's got to be it's, tangible it's, it's got to be like part of their body yeah wild right. yeah so imagine there's because there's isn't, isn't there's got i don't know i wish i looked it up but there's like those there's places where like the whole saint is like in there yeah 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 and like on display well and and those and the ones that are on display are like the incorruptibles which we might have an episode on as well where it's not like well some of them it's almost like you they, it looked like they died yesterday and that's a miracle in itself right uh, well all of it's a miracle but any time that the, the, the um the decomposition of the body is slowed down or halted um yeah they, they put that in it's literally a miracle guys there's crazy stuff that happens that we don't that a lot of us don't know about unless you listen to podcasts kind of like ours but catholic stuff you should know catholic talk show they've talked about these and it's it is marvelous like god is doing miracles in our lives it's not two thousand years ago he's doing miracles today yeah right i want to look up to that look into that yeah so ask your pastor ask your pastor do we have a relic in our altar sometimes it's it's this your patron saint of your church um it if you're lucky it's a piece of the true cross the real one uh it could be something else but like see if you have one and if not encourage them to try to find one and and get one right so uh but other parts of the church there's not. I don't think there's a Latin name for this, but there's a cry room sometimes. Sometimes in churches, we briefly hinted on this. Should there be one? Should there not? We've hinted on this in an earlier episode. I think it's fine. Crying kids in church could be a beautiful thing. Sometimes it gets overwhelming, and you need to control your children. But it, once you go into a separate room, kind of like your your vestibule slash slash lounge room you feel removed from mass sometimes and if it's just like a playroom yeah and that, I think that's what i've seen it before yeah and it's tough to like because you're not teaching the kids like they think if they act up enough then they'll just get pulled into the cry room and then they don't have to really respect what's going on like i don't ever remember even going to the cry room i don't as, think as, i ever as a went. kid i don't think i ever went <laughs> i never went um but i do see that like for some people it's important so um or they, I don't know. Well, cause I don't, I don't, I don't some, have kids, like, so I wouldn't dare make an opinion on what it's like to be a parent and have a kid at mass. Yeah, I can't, I can't uh, even imagine. Sure. So it, it's, it's extremely difficult, and I'm, I feel bad when a church doesn't have a cry room, doesn't have a closed vestibule, and the parent 
has to go outside for almost the entirety of the mass and they miss yeah. mass because their their children are crying. Yeah. So it's a fine line to walk. But the cry room does exist in some churches, a place to go to bring your kids. Uh, and then uh, there's there's two more places in the church generally, like besides you know electrical rooms and boring stuff like that. But the sacristy is an important place. Sacristy, that's where they uh, the priest keeps all of his goodies. <laughs> uh, the priest keeps all the goodies all, in the sacristy. All of his tools and clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that just comes from Latin, from holy, uh, sacred, sac- you know, yeah, sacrum. So, yeah. Uh, okay. And I've been like, I, I've actually gotten to know the sacristy a little bit more because I'm becoming a sacristin uh, at the mass. Yeah. For all of you traditional people who are like, that is forbidden. Like, it's fine. It's really a cool thing, and I'm really happy to be able to help with the mass. And... Um, we moved our sacristy to outside into one of the classrooms and it's kind of like completely transformed this room. Like he brought like one of those hanger things on wheels and he hangs his vestments in there and the candles are in there and we have a, all the, the different uh, items that I don't want to spoil because we're going to talk about them. We're going to get to them because this um, is called bells and smells. We're going to get to those bells and smells in just a moment. So is, is that the break? No, no, oh, no, no. I've, we're, we're good. We got five um, minutes. But uh, so, but it was just a cool thing to like be able to kind of change this whole room now into the new sacristy because we right. can't, we have to be outside and it's right inside the building where we're doing mass. Right. So it's been really, really a cool thing, uh, to kind of see that and, and learn more about what's in there and why things are in there mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a place to prep the place for the priest of vest to get yeah. the, um, all the elements ready for for the mass, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then lastly, you do most churches, if not all of them have a chapel of sorts, chapel and how very important very important we'll talk uh what goes on in there in just a moment yeah it's um, yeah it, it's uh my, my pastor he says like the chapel is like his like favorite place yeah like he goes the decorating people and everything they can do whatever they want to any other room in the church but he goes the chapel is like like he wants to be in charge of what goes in the well chapel. actually let me talk on it now because the, the the chapel um a lot of times churches might not have had one because traditionally the tabernacle, which spoiler alert, you guys know what a tabernacle was probably, but um, was right behind the cross, the altar and the cross, like in everything was lined up and you would house, uh, Jesus would be right there. Everything was straight in line and you didn't have that chapel off to the side for people to pray in. But the reality is we live in a world where like you can't leave your church open like the, the main doors. A lot of churches cannot leave yeah, their main can't. doors of your church open 24 hours a day or or even especially nowadays where we're hearing all about the vandalism that happens at churches. That's what stuff. I'm talking about. It's it's a safety it. concern. It's it's practical, it's pragmatic. You can't and I understand the importance of like everything being in line and being able to be in the church and pray right there with all the with the with the altar with the crucifix with the with the tabernacle but like practically it made sense to have a separate smaller room that would have the tabernacle in that you could leave just that place open that people could come in and pray quietly on their own yeah. and not have to worry about you know people coming in and doing whatever they're going to do in the main church and uh, we have know. a we have a small altar in our chapel too where uh smaller masses can be said as yeah, well, so it's it's the it has so many uses and so many functions, mm-hmm. and I think it's just really important. And people that that yell and scream about having the tabernacle off to the side, I get it, but also I don't get it. And and I think it's it's really important where it is, and that people can have that space, right. and and that it's safe. That you know we have to protect our churches, especially in this crazy time, mm-hmm. this crazy time. Like on a Thursday at at 
you know, three in the afternoon when no one's around and you live in a busy, busy city somebody area. Somebody could walk in. Somebody could walk in and just be like, oh, this, this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what totally. I mean? That happened at my church before I got there. There, there was a, a, a long, we had break-ins We had, and we left our church open and people came in and they literally took the microphones down from, they were hanging microphones down for the choir. They took them all. They like opened up our thing and they took a bunch of microphones. They took the, like everything. They just wiped us out. Because it was, and it was at literally like two in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Unreal. The people were in the office. No one, but like you see nobody people coming. About it. Nobody You see people going in all the day. Uh, and they literally walked in with a ladder. Guys, you can walk in anywhere with a ladder and people will be like. That's the key. If you want to get somewhere and you want to look like you belong, have a ladder. Have a ladder. And they're like, where are you going? You're like, oh, I just got to get to. I got to fix I, the I thing. I got to fix the thing. I got this ladder. They're like, right. all right, come on in. Sounds, like, come on sounds in. So like you're busy. These guys came in with a ladder, got up, took the microphones off, brought their ladder back out. They probably made multiple trips to their car with all the gear and somebody thought they were just working there and they just stole it. Unreal. Right? All right, we're going to get to the bells and the smells. Let's do it. All right, so in true Two Catholic Dudes fashion, we are not going to mess around. We're just going to get straight to the point like we always do. We are jumping right into the bells and smells. Yes. You've been waiting 30 minutes for it. We're going to talk about the bells, first of all. What what are the bells all about at Mass? They make noise. They, they do. They're for ringing. You ring them. All right, so I, I think they're just called the Sanctus Bells. The it's news to me. I thought they were just the bells. The that's that's bells. what most people call them, the bells. But like Sanctus Bells... Again, from like holy, they're just like the holy bells, right? Yeah, and we're speaking more specifically. These are the bells that like you would you would uh, altar servers or do you, I've been doing them outside from the tech table. I've been doing them while in um, the midst of playing music as well. Yeah. I like reach over and, and do them because yeah. we're but, in a pandemic, folks. But it's to uh, signal when the Eucharist is being or the gifts are being elevated during the the Eucharistic prayer, and. Uh, I think that it was like I I heard once that it, I don't know how accurate this is, but that I during older olden times olden times or when mass was in a different language, like when people didn't speak Latin or when there was too many people and that, or people couldn't get all the way in the building, but things like that. They they didn't they they weren't even receiving the Eucharist. Yeah, or on, they weren't the receiving. Daily. But that the bells being rung would just to give everyone the heads up, like, hey, the Eucharist is being elevated. The so, bells are the moment, the the exact moment that Jesus transubstantiates in, yeah. into the bread and the wine. So yeah, that, so when, that to, moment yeah. that the bread becomes Jesus's body and that moment that the blood becomes Jesus's blood, yeah. the, the bells signified to people because the, yeah, they were like spacing out. They're trying to pray, but they're like, I don't know this language. I also was told that, so I don't know how you ring the bells, but if people just kind of, and there's I, different techniques, but yes, there's, I was told that more recently, we've been doing it a specific way that it's supposed to be just three rings. It's just like ring, right? Ring numbers are important. Ring. Yeah, like that's how it's supposed to be done. I don't know how if that's true. Like one of the deacons just said, "Hey, you got to do it this way." So, so, I well, yeah, we didn't look that up either, but that's what I've heard, and so that's that comes down to a culture thing. If nobody knows, people ring it, and no one corrects. Exactly. And they just they just ring, 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 ring. Uh, and everyone's like, "That's fine. We got the bells. That's good enough." Um, but well, it was new to me because I had been ringing, ringing them just all while for eighteen years, and right. then all of a sudden somebody went, "Hey, um, tried it this way." And yeah, and so like 20, no one so told you. So at twenty-seven years old, I'm trying to figure out, "Oh, I'm supposed to ring them this way." And are you? And you're like, "Oh, that's that's that knowledge hole." No one because no one told you. You didn't know, and that's not one that you're embarrassed about. But, but it's nobody like, just no one, if that was the not the right way, nobody corrected it. Exactly. 
So that's where it stemmed from is, is that people couldn't receive, people didn't speak the language, people didn't know exactly what was happening during Mass. They were trying to participate, but and especially because they couldn't receive the Eucharist. Like in that moment when those bells rung, that was like as, as close as they could get. They're like, this right. is the moment that Jesus entered into this, this place. Yeah. And so... Uh, people would, I told you on a different podcast, people would run from church to church to try to hear those bells as many times as they could in one day and experience God coming into the church. Interesting. You only need it once. You only need it once. But Well, that's cool. And then so, and then there's other kind of bells that are the, like, my per, uh, my pastor will ring them when he enters for daily mass. Yeah, like, you got a little we, thing on the ma- wall. <laughs> and he, like, pulls a little pull, string. Pull the chain and the bells ring, but that just signifies, hey. Like, hey, masses, please stand. Yeah. So basically, I, I call them the please stand bells because it's, when he rings them, you stand for daily mass. Right. And, and you know, th- they're the holy bells, the Sanctus bells. Yeah. So when you ring them, you're, you're signifying something holy is happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're in church, you're in a holy place. But, yeah. we, uh, you know, sometimes you're, you're sitting in the pews, the benches. You're on the benches and you're chatting with your friend. You're, you're talking to, you know, the, the old ladies are catching up. What, what happened during the week? They're talking about their grandsons and stuff for a daily mass, whatever. But then those bells ring and you say, time to enter into it's a time holy. to enter into a holy place. Yeah. Cool. Right. Super cool. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, but it's also like, you know, mass is the beginning. Everyone yeah, rise. And I think it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's cool to think about that reasoning behind it because I think so many times, especially when I was younger and a lot of people, when they're younger, they're just saying the bells, you ring the bells at some point, there's bells involved. But to they know, don't know. They don't know. To right? know, yeah. Why? Why did? Why are the bells important? And and it's really more of a cool thing, I think, of why bells are why the bells are rung, uh, and then we go to like during Lent. Well, I I want to speak on what you just said. Is like we need to be teaching. We need to be catechizing. And and, and we if we're training our our, our altar servers, just. This is what the function of what you have to do when you have to do it, but you're not telling them why it doesn't mean anything to them Yeah, and, and everything is getting lost on them and They're like, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to ring it at this part of the mass I think I don't know why I don't know why but like and they're probably doing it half wrong like you said But like we need to be catechizing them and telling them the importance of it Even if you feel like you don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers We only have like a small fraction of it But we're trying sure. to teach you because maybe you're that altar server listening and you're like, oh my gosh I want to change it and ring it three times because that's the way we're supposed to do it But no one told me right and then maybe someone teaches us and they say oh you guys were telling this But like you missed these points or you said this one thing wrong. Please teach us. Yeah, it's it's up to all of us to catechize Yeah, right and not be afraid just because I don't have a hundred percent of the answers to not speak on it. Totally. Okay. So then during you were so uh, during Lent, uh, you know, there is no bells during the Gloria. There's no bells. No bells at all. Yeah. Take out the bells. Yeah. So there's there's zero bells. And then I always when it's a time of fasting from it's not that we're not holy in those moments because of the holy bells, but it's just our, our time to fast from, you know, the the. Um, the, the the glorious the joyfulness of that season. Well, and to then long for it when the glory to God comes back at the Easter vigil. My pastor just loves bells, so they get rung the whole time, the whole way through. Um, and the Alleluia, I believe, yeah, as well. Yeah, right? they just they just it's straight like, welcome through. back bells. They're going through, and you can't even hear anyone singing the glory to God. But like yeah. the bells are just getting, and he brings. And so we have like, or we used to have everyone, everyone from home bring a bell. And you have the altar service ringing the bell on the wall. There's, there they're, are they're bells. ringing this bell. It's like you could be singing in six different keys. Yeah. And and like Leo did, singing the wrong words. No one knows because you yeah. just hear the bells. But it's it is there. It's a beautiful 
albeit loud sound yeah. during that, but to see the ha, hear the the bells come back in such a joyful manner during yeah. the Easter vigil and Easter morning. Mm-hmm. Um, some people ring it all throughout the Easter season. Uh, we do, yeah. The, we, the whole Easter season, bells, 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 bells. It's a lot. But so the bells are very important. So don't forget about the bells. Now, what about the smells? Let's talk about those smells. So, uh, is are we talking about the pew situation that I was alluding to earlier? No. Okay. So we have smells because we we want to we want to um, bring us fully. Uh, in participation with Christ through our human senses, you know, a lot of it, it relies on our sight, our hearing. We have to hear the words of Christ. We have to hear the words of of the Bible. We hear the words of our our presider. Hear the words or the the music that we hear. Uh, the tangible things we dip our fingers in to holy water. We put it on our forehead to remind us of our baptismal promises. We, you know, there, everything is, is derived from our senses. That's how we experience the world. That's how we experience Christ in our human ways. And we often, you know, forget about our sense of smell, but it's a very important thing. And that can, uh, that can bring us to a new pitch, a new level. And so we use incense. Uh, that's obviously very biblical in nature as well. So we use incense to help bring us to that. Now, people often complain about the incense. Um, you know, everyone starts coughing when you bring out the incense. Everyone, their eyes start watering. People, people jet out to the lounge area, the vestibule. If you're keeping track, uh, they're like, I can't hang with the uh, with the incense. I think incense is really. I like the reverence that it that it brings. You know, when when incense kind of comes out, I, I always took it as a time like this is very important. And not that ma- all of mass is important, but when when the incense comes out, and and I know that in traditional Latin mass, like incense is like an every week thing. Like it is, they they always are doing incense, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think that incense is important. And I remember uh, when I was an altar server, if you got the incense job, that was like big deal if you if you got to keep the incense alive and you were the swinger we're going to talk about what that uh, name is in a second but it's i important. Uh, i thought that it was a really like a cool thing to be yeah. like that like you or during uh holy thursday mass when they would kind of process they'd they'd, they'd uh process stri- out. strip everything and they'd go to process to bring uh to put jesus in the tabernacle for for ador- uh for adoration mm-hmm. for prayer yep um and you got to be the the swinger behind them and then you'd have to hand it to him and then he goes and gives it back and you gotta scurry out and make sure it's clean properly that was always my job so there's a name for that uh I'm going to keep you on edge for a second because I want to tell the importance of, so I was, I was alluding to that like a lot of people the, the, the incense irritates them but most churches they end up skimping on they, they buy cheap incense because they're like we only use this a few times a year we, you know, we got like a little coal. They buy, they buy literally like the cheapest incense because they're like, no one likes incense. It irritates. Well, it irritates them because you buy the cheap ones. I heard that if you buy like that cheap incense, it's literally made from. There's like wood chips in there. They like, they like, uh, grind up these wood chips along with whatever else, and we're like breathing in wood chips, and and that's why everyone's coughing. But if you buy like premium stuff, it's the aromas, or it's it's like. You know the difference between a really cheap cologne and a and a, and a great amazing an cologne or body perfume. spray. An axe body spray, right? <laughs> that's it, that's a great analogy, yeah. right? It's like a thirteen-year-old boy spraying his whole body with axe body spray. You're like, oh my gosh, this is a nightmare. This is a awful. But but a little uh, a couple touches of like really beautiful cologne or perfume or something like that, and it it, it doesn't overwhelm. 
but it heightens that and it, and it brings it to a new level, right? right? So if you buy the if you buy the right incense and you, if you just pay that little extra, I'm sure it's not that much more. Uh, people might not be coughing and eyes watering and have a bad experience. We don't want people to have a bad experience at mass, right? Okay, but there are names for it because we have names for everything. So the the incense holder and the chain and the whole thing itself, it's called a thurible. 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 And it, the thur, thur comes from Latin for incense. Clever. <laughs> Super so, creative. So, so you have pew, bench. A lot of the names of things just thurible come from like, incense. this is what they are. It's just, the, the, it's, it's incense. And we just like, you know, we Great. derived it and that's, that's where the word is. So thurible. The it, incense bowl. <laughs> thurible yeah it's 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 the the whole contraption itself from from the chain to the 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 metal c- uh, casing where you put the incense yeah. in where to you the, light it the where coals you, where you hang it exactly uh but the the person you were you were saying that you you want to be that person who swings it the, you have a name when you are that person when you're it's the, probably not the swinger <laughs> it's not the swinger the swinger the altar service probably call each other the swinger because they haven't been properly catechized but they are the thurifers 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 swinging the thurables. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and yeah, there's there's like proper ways to swing it to make sure that you it's get- It's like a pendulum. Yeah. You have to do it right. You can't just- you Right. Know? I, yeah. No, it was like, I, I remember it was a very important job and you had to be able to do it right. And only a certain amount of people, certain people got to do it because you can't just- bleh. You're not doing loop-de-loops and stuff. Yeah. That's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very even, like, like just like once you get it going, it kind of handles itself. Right. With just a slight move of your wrist. If you swing too far and you hit the priest- Well, you don't want stuff flying out of you're it. You're out, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, really important jobs into- uh, yeah. To properly incense the areas, there's a few times during mass when you would incense. So most churches they do it on specific occasions, like Easter, Christmas, these big celebrations where they're going to incense, and you usually don't get incense for the rest of the year unless you're at a funeral mass or something like that. Right. But the proper way when you incense, you at the beginning of mass you incense around the altar. That's the first time. The second time you would get incense would be during the uh, gospel reading. Right before they read the gospel reading, they're gonna go- they're gonna incense around the ambo, and then you would incense during the offertory. This Don't part- you incense the book? Yeah, you incense the book. You incense around the altar, um, and they and they should keep the incense going while they're reading it. Kind of cool, right? And then the next time you would get it would be during the offertory. So as the, after the gifts are being presented, you're preparing the altar for the whole Eucharistic prayer and the most important part of the Mass. So you, you incense around the altar, you incense the presider, the, uh, you incense the deacons, and then uh, then you, it's pretty cool because the, the last part when the congregation stands, you go out and you incense all the parts of the congregation. And we bless essentially the entire church and prepare ourselves to enter into the holiest of holy places in the Mass before the Eucharistic prayer. It's a lot of incensing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is there one at the end? Correct me if I'm wrong. There might be one more at the end. Um, throw it in the comments. Okay, so incense really important. We're gonna get to the last couple things, then we're gonna wrap it up for today. Um, the let's talk about specifically for communion. We have we have things that we need to deliver. Uh, you know, uh, the body and the blood of Christ. You know, right. what those are called uh, chalices and ciboriums. Nice, you got it because you've been a, a, sac- a, sacristan. a sacristan. So. The words you know, you're like oh my gosh these are like super cool. They probably mean cup. <laughs> yeah, chalice. Cup. Chalice just means cup, really. You know. Great. Um, and was uh, and ciborium is Latin for food. 
Oh, so it's not bowl. That's good. It comes from it comes from the word. I like food. that food because it carries the food for the starving because Jesus' exactly. body is true food. Exactly. Uh, I love that. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, um, that uh, makes sense. See, right. that's but that's like that's a cool thing. Right. Like everything else is like we need this really creative name for this this cup. It's like chair. It's called yeah. or the it's cup. It's a bowl. Cup. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know? Great. It's super creative. Good job, everyone. Right. It's a bench. But but then we we go back to, you know, this is taking off tradition. Like what. How Jesus Jesus wouldn't have called something super, called something something super like, weird. Hey, you guys got any cups? Uh, is there, give me a cup to put my to put this drink in. Or, or he was just eating with his friends. They didn't have like bring me the most finest ruby encrusted right, right. chalice you can find. It yeah, was there, just, there weren't all these extravagant names. That's why. Have you seen Indiana Jones Last Crusade? Yes, I love that. And when they have they yep. go into that room with the night of the Crusader, and there's spoiler all there's, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Indiana Jones Last Crusade, but there's all those different chalices all over the place, and they're like, which one's the Holy Grail? And it's the cup of the carpenter. Yeah, and the cup itself looks awful, but the inside is plated with gold because it's what's inside of that cup is what was where the power lies, and I think that that's the same with. Uh, you know, obviously these ciboriums, these chalices, once the Eucharist happens, it's not necessarily, you can have the most beautiful and great looking chalice in the whole world, but it's not the chalice that is, was important, but it's what's within it. Uh, that's what's important and what's beautiful. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I always, I loved that point, like that, that thing. That scared in Indiana the crap Jones. out of me, though, when I was a kid, like watching this right before that, right before he chose the right one. That guy went in and chose the wrong one. He what? He chose the most the, the, extravagant, the giant golden cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what happened to him? He turned into like uh, he, dust. Or he rotted. He rotted. He like aged really quick, and then he turned into a skeleton, and yeah. then he turned to dust. But it was yeah. like it's super janky VFX. Now you look back, <laughs> but like when I was ten years old watching that, I was terrified. You're like, Indy's got to choose the right cup. I was like, oh my gosh, it was violent. I, it was like violent. I'm like, you how is that, this movie? That ghost who's just like, you have chosen poorly. We, should, we, we need to do a, a, we'll do a whole recap on, that movie is great. The Last Crusade? Yeah. Awesome. Both that and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Don't really like Temple of Doom, but Raiders of the Lost Ark. Temple of Doom is weird. You know, Temple of Doom was the first PG-13 movie, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah PG-13 wasn't a rating before. Uh, it was just PG and R? Yeah. Interesting. It was either Temple of Doom or that was like the second one. It was right around that time when they're like, this is like, too much for PG, but it's not quite R, you know? Because, like, when that dude pulled his heart out of his chest, you're like, oh, my gosh. He does it multiple times. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy stuff. So, But Indiana Jones 3, they got it right, man. That was a great movie. Great Indiana movie. Jones 4. With Sean Connery. Indiana Jones 4 with Shia LaBeouf and the, and the aliens. I was down. <laughs> I heard they're making another one. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, but but to the point, back to what I was saying about that it, it – it wasn't about how amazing, and I know that there's beautiful chalices and beautiful things to sell to, and I also think that the point of like the king, Christ the king is comes down and is is physically there in the Eucharist. So if the king was somewhere, you'd want to present to him the most beautiful throne. Yeah, the most beautiful way to carry is um, in 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 a beautiful chalice and something like that. Like I I, I understand that we, too. We we, we want to give our best to the Lord. We but we don't want to be oh we don't want to overstep overreach right. So it's like the tabernacle isn't a cardboard box. Right. It's there, a, it's beautiful and gold and there's curtains and we have one where you put the key in and you open it, it's like four doors or like right right right. But I think it should be it it should be rational or or, or, or uh, the the ratio should be appropriate to what that church 
can afford. Sure. It needs to follow the rules and the regiments, and, and we need to be uh, make it as beautiful as possible. But if you're putting straight up gold plating on your tabernacle, tabernacle, you're spending millions and millions of dollars on your tabernacle, your chalices, and your ciboriums. But then you put you don't have any money left over to put into anything else in your church. You you've now skewed your ratio. So make it extravagant, make it good, but make it proportional to what else you can mm. give. I have a small point on that that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It kind of does, but that to your point of where we house the Eucharist is so important and we should be, and yeah, I wouldn't, I, I think churches, what you like, obviously take care of it and make it put a nice place. We, we have a gigantic tabernacle. That's really cool. It has like a in, last supper depiction on it. And it's, it's really, really nice. But if you're pouring all of your money, as you're saying, into into a place to house the Eucharist, and then you're not using your money on what the people need. The people are also what house the Eucharist, and they're what then take out. They consume the Eucharist, and then they go out to bring more people to come and receive and celebrate it. So, I think as churches, we need to be putting focus on what are we doing to engage our people. Aesthetics are great, and creating these. Uh, beautiful things in our churches is very important because we like we talk about beauty and presentation and that's all great but we also have to do take care of the people in the church too um th and that's not has to do with this that's just my there's thought your on point it. for the episode um, you guys you guys who knew all this stuff god bless you if you knew everything that we just said and all the names and all the latin etymologies and you were looking for that one point of the episode danny thank you for making that point. yeah i think like in some aspects like we are living tabernacles when we consume the the body of christ and it's our we have to house the lord and i think that's why it's important that we do take care of our bodies and that we uh we we are you know trying to stay this is a different episode obviously but uh staying staying healthy and and and, and treating our bodies with respect and dignity in how we dress, how we act, how we, uh, anything. Yeah. And because we, for, we, we have, there are times each week where, when we're receiving Christ, that we are housing the Lord within our bodies, that God is sending, you know, his spirit in, in, within us, you know, and, and it's our job to live out that, uh, spiritual fulfillment and that spiritual nourishing in, in what we do. So, uh, the, that's, and we're not definitely not encrusted in, or encrusted in, uh, in, we'll have gold all over us. We don't, we're, sometimes we're not the shiniest, most beautiful tabernacle. Sometimes we are tattered and sometimes we're sometimes cardboard box. Sometimes we're those cardboard boxes, but Jesus still yearns to be within us. Jesus still yearns to be, uh, to nourish us in those, in those moments. And I think that that's yeah. the, why I like that, that going back to the movie analogy of Indiana Jones, I think that's why we like it because how often are we just the cup of the carpenter where we're just the, the, the cup that nobody looks at, but the cup that has the most power because of what's within, um, that's, that's us. When we receive the Eucharist. We are just not the, sometimes we're not the most fancy and beautiful thing in the world. Sometimes we're outwardly not what everybody would think would house the Lord. But it's what's within is important, and God still calls us to come take part in the feast and be those 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 vessels for Him. So that that's my point. That's on the that. there. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point of the episode right there. And I think, you know, that's 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 the beauty of our faith and the beauty of what Jesus did for us by coming down, by dying for us, by and by offering Himself every every time we step foot into church for Mass. And I I look to. The fulfillment of the Old Testament, where we had the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Covenant, also in Indiana Jones. Also, yeah, <laughs> this is this episode very Indiana Jones heavy. Um, Mary was that fulfillment. She was 
The she, living ark. She yeah. was the living ark of the yeah. covenant, and that's why. So awesome. That's why she is the only other human being that was without sin that's right. ever that's ever been that's ever existed because she housed the actual, the actual physical human presence of Jesus Christ within her. She she had to be exactly perfect without sin, without blemish to house because she was that fulfillment. She was the that new, original sin. Yeah. She was the new Ark of the Covenant. She she was the fulfillment of that of of the new she was the new Eve. But the fact that Jesus allows us to house him, though we are imperfect, though we are with blemish, though we are sinners, and we sometimes feel like cardboard boxes and we feel like we don't have, like you said, but he still allows himself to come and enter into our lives. Well, that's the thing that, that that's the point that changes people's lives. That's the thought that changes people's lives is that not only does God see you and, and forgive you, not only did God die for that, that you, the broken sinner, God died for you, but God also wants to fulfill you with literally fulfill you spir- yeah. uh, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. God wants to completely fill you up. He wants to forg- die for you, forgive you, and then he himself come and fulfill you. It's yeah. beautiful. It's amazing. That That's a life-changing. When people are like, why, why is faith important? That's why. Right. Because no matter how far away you feel, no matter how broken you may feel, God forgives you, and then not, he not only picks you up, but then fills you so that you can continue to go on. Yeah. And he does it time and time again for you. Yeah. And every Sunday at Mass, you have the ability to run to him in the Eucharist and be fulfilled. It's amazing. And he will come in and he will enter into us whether we whether we have that we, we feel like that cardboard box to ready to house him or we're the most extravagant yeah, gold, the gold plated. Crested box, yeah. Obviously he wants us to be the most extravagant on the inside and the outside. Mm-hmm. But the more we receive him, the more we will desire and want and strive to to rid ourselves of that cardboard box life and and want to continue to better ourselves to be that properly box, yeah. house the lord yeah he but he won't restrict our access to him based on where we currently are yeah right You're right totally so uh two more things i wanted to finish this list before we have a whole nother list we're going to save for another episode so stay yeah. tuned for that if you enjoyed this if you hated it comment and maybe we'll cancel that episode all right uh but we want to try new things for you guys sure. right we want to be as informative as possible uh i just wanted to uh have some uh, uh get some confusion out of the way there's two things that sometimes confuse people ambo and ambry what are the ambo what's the ambo what's the ambry well, I think those are confusing in name, right? But I and I, there's one more. I, we're, we're we got some. We're gonna okay. we're gonna crank this so, up. But we got An- this. Ambry is where you house the holy oils. Yes, the, for uh, the catechumens, confirmations, uh, anointing of the six, baptism, just all the holy oils that they get like Monday of Holy Week, right? They yep. go to this big mass and the bishop of the area gives it to them. So that's where that is. A M B R Y. Yeah, it's like a we at our church. It's like a glass case. Yeah, they're all, just, I think they're anyway. always a glass case. Um, the Ambo is where you proclaim the word of God. Right. And so I think that the bigger confusion that I just this year learned really truly, which is kind of embarrassing to say. It's but, a knowledge hole and it's fine. That's fine. It's there's catechize. The, Let's catechize. Guys. There's the lectern and then the ambo, two different things. Right. Right. O- opposite sides. And for every time there had been an announcement for any reason, um, like Boy Scouts or sign up for popcorn sales and all that other stuff. People would just go to the Ambo and they'd make this announcement at the end of Mass and stuff. And then when my new pastor came, he was like, that's not what that's for. The Ambo is for proclaiming the word of God. 
So even even music that's part of mass, if it's not the psalm, if it's not the word of God, you're supposed to be doing it at the lectionary. Right. That's where that happens. The the ambo is for uh, the gospel, the psalm, uh, the, homily. the homily, or in the sense of a funeral, I believe you can do. You can. Are you supposed to? You're not supposed to do a eulogy from there. Nope. So then it's just for the word of God, people. Yep. And I didn't realize that. Like I didn't know. I that's a new thing. You I weren't catechized. I wasn't. God bless our previous pastor. I love him to death, but he didn't. He didn't inform us, and he let it. That was one of those things he just let slide. Sure, I'm sure. But uh, so that's no fault. I'm not. I'm not faulting him. But we need to take it. We need to take account. And and if he didn't tell us, somebody else who knew should should say, hey, we we're better than this. We yeah. need to go. We, there, we have a canter stand over here. We have a lectern. Yeah. Let's go to here. They're both pulpits, places to do announcements, Probably places to speak, proclaim. Yeah. But, but, one's but the ambo is specifically for the word of God. Yeah. So you know? I so I had no idea. Right, we need to make that distinction because everything we do in liturgy matters. And if we brought up uh, a tattered book uh, to read the gospel out of, but it had also had you know notes from the the environment people who were setting up, and it had uh, the dinner and it had your dinner reservations on the next page over, it doesn't mean the same right. when you have a, a, you, a there nice, needs, you have sacred things you have sacred things and and that says something that that's why we're we're running out of time but so ambo it's ambo it's not amber i feel bad because there's some people who've been helping me out at my church they keep saying like amber and ambro Bo. it's ambo but those are those knowledge holes but A-M-B-O. we don't teach people right yeah. so it's okay it's okay. It's Ambo, Ambry, uh, but let's reserve the Ambo for the Word of God. All right, I think we got through the list. We have like one minute to wrap this up. Yeah, guys. So, but there's a lot of cool things about the church that, that you may not know or that you think that you, maybe you did know and, and you just enjoyed listening to us chat about it. But uh, we'll have another episode on the rest of the stuff. We thank you guys for listening to this kind of a new – it's another new form of just trying to be expand our knowledge by trying to expand the knowledge of someone that may be listening. And exactly. maybe you knew all this, but maybe there's somebody in your life that doesn't know this stuff. Share the podcast with them. Maybe it's a new way for them to kind of get that info. I know confirmation classes and stuff are starting. If you want a fun way to teach uh, people about what's going on, share the podcast with them. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Patreon, Facebook, Two Catholic Dudes. Uh, thank you guys for always uh, supporting, you sharing. Got a minute. You're good. And uh, uh, well, <laughs> I would, why do why would you do that? I'm in the middle of wrapping you guys, it up, and then you, and you going quick, and then I'm you like, go, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, follow us on uh, all of our social media, and uh, I think that's it. For Patreon, the yeah, we thank you guys for supporting so much on Patreon, um, and. Please continue to comment uh, and, and, and interact with us on Instagram. That's where we love chatting with you guys. So it's underscore two Catholic dudes. But we hope you guys enjoyed this. We hope you're having a good week. And as always, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Peace.